Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back on the scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito here with you. It is British Open Week. Celebrating by playing some British rockers. And who doesn't love a little Led Zeppelin on your Saturday morning here as we start hour two on the scorecard. Uh, goings on at the British Open. Uh, the other thing we like about this is the tournament is actually being played as we are on the air here. We have some guys uh, underway and we have some still uh, pending their tee offs, although they'll be teeing off even. Uh, the, the top pairing of Louis Oosthuizen and Colin Morikawa, 9.55 Eastern, so 8.55 Chicago time. Uh, so all will be off and underway pretty soon, Barry. And it's a, another uh, glorious day. Apparently, uh, te- <laughs> Barry Cronin, our, our texter, uh, uh, points out from the 6.30 that the Open has moved to good old Terrestrial Channel 5 now. So we can find oh, it. God bless them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, I'll have to. Move it over there. Move it on over. Because we, 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 we had lost it earlier. It was on the Golf Channel, and then it wasn't, and uh, we were a little worried. So thanks to our, our, our listener and texter for telling us uh, that it's moved over to Channel 5. We appreciate that. Because we're old. We don't, we don't know how to deal with a lot of this stuff. We, we like to have things uh, told to us. So that is <laughs> certainly appreciated. Uh, and uh, as is the live golf, and, and we should catch everyone up on what's going on at the British Open. Bob Herrig uh, will be joining us uh, momentarily from uh, Royal St. George's in England. Uh, but uh, Louis Oosthuizen, 11-under, leading the, the tournament by two strokes over Colin Morikawa. Jordan Spieth is in third at 8-under. And uh, let's touch on Spieth a little bit too, Barry, because I know uh, not so long ago this was a guy that uh, we, we were wondering what was going on. He was trying to figure it out. Uh, but he really has uh, seemingly turned it all back around. Yes, he has, Mike. Um, he's played real well this year. He hadn't won in a, since 2017. And then earlier this year, uh, he won in San Antonio at the Texas Open, and he's had a lot of – he's had a number of, uh, of of top 10 finishes, and he's really played well. He hasn't always gotten it done on the weekend. Um, but, um, you know, he's back in contention, and this really uh, – in uh, his pre-tournament comments, he seemed very confident, and uh, it's pretty obvious why. I mean, this is a kind of a, 
this is an event that really appeals to a golfer with a lot of imagination, a fabulous short game, a great putter, uh, and there, he's right up there with uh, Louis. So uh, believe me, Louis looking over his shoulder, going, "Wait a minute, <laughs> I have a, oh, yeah. I have a two or three, I have a three shot lead over Jordan Spieth, but there's only one guy between me and him, <clears throat> and he's." Uh, one of the great putters in the world and one of the great short game uh, uh, guys. So uh, Louis might get a little short in that backswing again. You never know. So uh, he's going to have a, he's going to have a challenge down the stretch. Not to mention even people like Kepka and Rom who are who are back several yep. strokes. They've got a chance uh, over the weekend, depending on what goes on. But the, the weather being what it is. Um, it really, it really uh, doesn't. Uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily think the guys at the top of the leaderboard are going to get knocked out by the weather. So we'll see what happens. Um, but it's gonna, it's gonna, always going to be a great finish. And uh, and the good thing is, it's on at nine o'clock in the morning, which is awesome on the weekend. You get guys like Mickelson, you know, miss the cut, and yeah. uh, a lot of guys, you know, kind of big guys, uh, miss the cut at the uh, at the British. So. Um, you know, it uh, it'd be a great weekend for to watch golf. Absolutely. Uh, this segment of the uh, scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine, uh, tied for fourth, right behind Spieth, DJ, Scotty Scheffler, and Dylan Fratelli. Uh, you you mentioned John Romberry uh, with a 64 yesterday after a a plus 171 on the opening round. Rom right back in it, uh, and, and he's tied with Kepka. So never count those guys out, right, Barry? Absolutely, for sure. Um, those guys are, are right there, and um, you know, you never know what can happen in a tournament like this. Um, but uh, but it's interesting. Uh, University of Texas, uh, Mike, uh, uh, Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, and Dylan Fratelli, all uh, all right up there in the top seven. Um, so uh, I, I know that uh, John Field, uh, their their head coach, is real proud right now. So. Uh, Terrific. And by the way, we should mention that Wheaton native Kevin Streelman yeah. uh, was tied at uh, T40 at one under par. I'm not sure what he's doing today, but uh, but uh, I, good for him that he that he made the tournament. And, uh, you know, he's uh, 42 years old, I believe. So he's uh, he's having a really solid year, which is awesome. He is. And he is one under today. So two under now overall for the tournament. He is uh, he's through six. But Streelman now uh, tied for 32nd. Uh, so he is uh, he's playing well. And uh, I wanted to mention, too, we, we mentioned the live golf. So Rory is the story so far today. He's four under through nine, Barry. Uh, yeah. So he is now four under for the tournament uh, after playing even par the first two days. Uh, so Rory making a bit of a climb. I mean, uh, he's still seven shots off of uh, Louis uh, leading uh, 11 under par. But Rory making uh, making a bit of noise this morning. Yeah, well, you know, Rory's problem is he gets off to these lousy starts every seemingly every uh, major championship. Um, he's behind the eight ball all the time. Uh, if he'd have gone out and shot 64 the first day or two, um, or at least a reasonable score, he, you know, be within uh, where Kepka and um, Rahm are, you know, within within six shots of the lead. Um, but now he's so far back that, okay, great. He, he could shoot, he could have a great round today. Um, but <laughs> the rest of the guys at the top of the leaderboard are go out and do the same thing. So he's, he's playing catch up and you, you really, you really can't do that at, at a major championship. Um, in my humble opinion, although, you know, there are guys that do it, but really, you know, it's tough. 
Well, and Barry Rory has made uh, he's made up uh, 36 slots today, so he's up to uh, 17th. T17 here uh, is Rory McIlroy. So we will see uh, how he can do uh, heading up uh, the the rest of the round. As I said, he is uh, he's through nine right now, and uh, Rory certainly one of the the stars of the game, and. Uh, uh, good for uh, enjoyment on your Saturday morning here, watching a, watching a little British Open uh, as uh, you get your day started. Uh, and listening to us here on the Scorecard, we certainly appreciate that. Tony Finau and uh, Brian Harmon, Danny Willett, amongst others, tied with Rory there uh, at uh, four under par. So the score is very low. As Barry mentioned, the, the weather this week has not uh, been a detriment normally. That is uh, certainly a case where... Uh, it is an issue. We all know the uh, the history of the British Open and and the weather and the the location. Uh, certainly, where the uh, the tournaments played, uh, the weather out there in in England and Scotland uh, certainly uh, can be a huge factor in this tournament. Uh, so far, though, it has not been that at all, and uh, we see the low scores to prove it. I mean, Louis Oosthuizen. Uh, just uh, among others, he is the leader, so he's the easiest one uh, to point out, but. 64-65 in his first two rounds. Uh, Colin Morikawa, uh, John Rahm, uh, among others, shooting a 64 yesterday. So the low scores are out there. Uh, we'll see if it continues all weekend uh, because the, uh, the, the, the normal weather constraints that tend to affect guys here in, <clears throat> at the British Open uh, are, are just not there right now. And, and we are pleased to uh, jump on out now to the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. You know him from ESPN.com. He is a Barrington native. We're always glad to talk to Bob Herrig here on the scorecard. Good morning, Bob. Hey, good morning, Mike. How are you today? Doing great. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate uh, you taking some time out uh, from your coverage there at Royal St. George's uh, in England. And uh, it, it's been uh, quite a, a first few days there. And I was just saying how the weather really has not played a huge factor uh, into the tournament thus far with uh, with the low scores coming in. Correct. It really is sort of amazing how much, uh, you know, that the, the weather conditions are needed uh, to make to make it uh, tough on these guys because um, when it's benign and the wind isn't blowing, you know they they just seem to take off. Uh, you know the number of scores under par through two rounds is just incredible. Uh, Ten years ago, the winning score for the whole tournament was five under, uh, mm-hmm. and and here you know we've got we've got uh, twelve guys plus on at five under or better through thirty six. So you know that year the, the weather was different. It, it was it was certainly a poor final day, a lot of rain and wind, and it was kind of a a chilly week. You know it uh, it, it it was it was and it was the conditions were were harder in in terms of firmness with the course. This week, mm-hmm. you know they've they've had some softness, and then you couple that with with you know actually you know pretty nice day today is beautiful. You know this is a great day to play golf anywhere in the world. So, uh, and, you know, they take advantage, but it is a little harder today, it seems. Um, uh, the wind is, is still a factor, but I think they put the pins in some spots, and and uh, it might be a little bit tougher, but I don't think it's going to be brutal like we like maybe some of us would have hoped. 
Right. Well, and I was just filling in the listeners who are who are joining us here uh, on the scorecard. So Rory's off to a, to a great start today, four under through nine, uh, making a, a bit of a move. I don't know if it's uh, too little, too late for Rory, but certainly uh, he he's out and uh, and hitting well this morning. Side uh, only one bogey, um, but as you said, is it too little, too late? I mean, he's. He's now four under for the tournament, but the lead's 11. You know, he's, I mean, he probably needs to get another four under par on the back nine uh, and get within three and then hope that Hazen and the others don't run away. And, uh, you know, that's possible. That's the problem. You know, he's, there's, a, there's a lot of guys to pass as well. I think we have Barry back. Barry, do you have, uh, you have us? I do, I believe, Mike. Yes, you do. Through, through the miracle of uh, of communication, reestablished. So it's a good thing. Uh, yeah, we could we could get to England, but we can't get to the Northwest Burbs. But that's okay. Uh, um, well, Bob, it's great to have you on. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, uh, so Louis, he can he get it done? I mean, he's 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 done it. He's got been close so many times, uh, but boy, he's got some uh, real challengers right behind him, nipping at his heels. Yeah, you know, and I'm not so sure that's the that's the problem for him. You know, I think it's more him. You know, can he can he can he get it done uh, uh, himself? Because he certainly at the at the last two majors, you know, it was more him that, that you know that yeah. that, that uh, didn't make it happen. You know, he. He was right there on the back nine at, the, at Kiowa with Phil and, and also, uh, obviously, Tory Pines with John Rahm. In fact, he was, he, uh, you know, was playing behind Rahm. And, and, and Rahm, you know, really needed a birdie on 18 because the thought was is, is if he didn't birdie 18, Louie could birdie it to win. Instead, right. Louie then bogeyed 17 and needed an eagle on 18 after uh after uh rob made that putt so you know it, it was a bad time to make a bogey i mean and especially where he hit it and so he, he made some mistakes down the stretch in both tournaments that you know you look back and obviously you're going to make mistakes everybody is but um those stand out when you come up a shot or two short bob i know that the uh <clears throat> the COVID situation over there is different than it is here has it had any real effect on the tournament? I know we had 16 guys, I think, withdrew uh, prior to the event um, or got COVID and couldn't uh, fly over, et cetera. Um, has it played any role in the tournament so far? You know, once they got started, to my knowledge, nothing has come up. I mean, we've had no WDs. Um, they've had no... Uh, as far as I know, there's not even been any any alarm bells that have gone off. And and you know, I know we talk, we've talked about this, and it's interesting, you know, just this kind of overly strict, you know, bubble situation where these guys are only allowed to be within their four person bubble. They can't go anywhere. They can't, you know, they can't go to restaurants. They can't. You know, they 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 can't even go to the grocery store. They're not even supposed to walk to the course. They have to like kind of just all be together, and they don't want them with other players. And, and, you know, it was explained to us better on Wednesday. And I think if they would have gotten the word out about this early on, it would have been a little bit easier to understand. But they have very strict contact tracing laws and rules with COVID over here. Like I've noticed in places I go to here, 
you're supposed to either give them a QR code or, or, or give them your phone number, tell them who you are. They, they want to know everybody who comes in in case somebody gets COVID and then they, they alert you. And so here, the way the rules are set up, if anybody were to be in contact with someone with COVID, they're out. They're, they're done. Right. It, it's not even, they're not even allowed to test out of it. So the, 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 the thought was let's protect them from themselves. If we let players get together and one of them gets it and eight of them were with him, they're all going to be bumped. And so that's why they, they've gone about it this way. And while that is to me very, very drastic, I kind of understand now why they did it this way because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, look, Barry, as you know, with the plane, if there had been a person on the flight coming over here, test, po- test positive over here, everybody in, on the plane is out. Now, I think that's really, really strict. I mean, they won't even let you test to see. You know, you can't even take a test a couple of days in a row to see. But according to their laws, no. And so, you know, I'm sure these guys are going to look forward to getting back back home because it, it can't be easy to, to be doing that all week. They've never really had to do that throughout the whole uh, pandemic, even at, even at the worst of it. Talking to Bob Herrig. He is live at the British Open at Royal St. George's in uh, Sandwich, England. Uh, Bob, you wrote a piece, and Barry and I talked about it earlier. Uh, And not to make light of it, but the Bryson DeChambeau, uh, whatever you want to call it, the press drama, the the various different things that he keeps doing this week, it was lashing out at his driver and uh, his gear company. it's it's starting to affect his golf or it's not starting to it is affecting his golf game whatever it is that's going around uh with bryson uh is really uh causing uh his play to suffer and it, and it's a big issue certainly as barry mentioned heading into the Ryder cup yeah exactly i mean that's what i tried to write the other day that or you know last night that that uh you know it's he's getting in his own way now i mean what he did on thursday you know, come on, you're going to criticize your equipment? You know, I mean, these guys pay him. Who knows what they pay him? It's got to be seven figures, right? They bow down every time he wants something. They're trying to tweak a, a shaft or a grip or the, or, the, or the club head or the loft or the lies on all of his clubs, and then you throw them under the bus like that? I mean... And, you know, look, a bunch of us talked to him yesterday. He was very apologetic. I think he realized how bad that came off. Uh, of course, you're frustrated when you put in all this time and you're trying to get things dialed in and you're unable to, uh, you know, produce like you want. But, of course, we all know that there's somebody swinging that club. And, uh, uh, you know, it ultimately it, it's an individual game and it's on you. So, uh, and, and look, as I was trying to point out, for all the attention he's received and all the drama and all the stuff about long driving, he's won one tournament this year in March. You know, he missed the cut in Detroit. He almost missed the cut here. Shot 44 on the back nine at, uh, at Torrey Pines to, to blow a chance to win the U.S. Open. Uh, was not a factor at the Masters or the PGA. Uh, so, you know, it. It's, it's a bottom line business and, 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 you know, he's only won once. And for a guy, his ability and for as much attention as he gets, you know, you'd have thought that there'd be more, that there'd be more than that. 
Yeah. And, you know, Bob, the other thing I, I forgot to mention earlier, in addition to the Ryder Cup, he's going to represent the United States at the Olympics. Yep, he's one of the four U.S. guys going over there. Um, that's only two weeks from now. Uh, it's a long trip. The, the, the restrictions are going to be even worse over there. I mean, if he's in a bad mental state now, uh, imagine that. You know, I, I don't see that being a very fun experience for the players, given given all the things they're going through in Japan and all the restrictions they're going to be putting on everyone. And so, you know, you just kind of want them to reset. And I don't know if there's time to do it right now, you know, because they, they do have a busy stretch coming up. After the Olympics, there's a World Cup event, and then, then the FedEx playoffs, and the Ryder Cup is a few weeks later. Um, and, look, he's going to be part of the Ryder Cup. But, I mean, as we get towards that, you sit here and go, who, who do you pair with them? You know, who's right, going to want right. to deal with this? Can he even play alternate shot? You know, it's almost like you almost don't want to put him in alternate shot, maybe just best ball. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I just think for his sake, he needs to take a step back here for a minute and assess and, and recognize that look at all the good he's done for himself. You know, the, the fitness thing and hitting it farther and, 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 you know, he's, he has brought a lot of good attention to the game. You know, focus on that and, and try to, you know, and, and, and try to move forward as opposed to all this kind of little petty stuff that's dragging him down. Right. So, Bob, as we go into this tomorrow, the final round, um, uh, what do you see here? What, uh, what, yeah, what's your prediction? You have one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard I, to I'm make predictions, hard, you know, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't have predicted this kind of scoring, you know, I mean, I don't, I, you know, this is a hard golf course. It's not everybody's favorite. And the reason it's not everybody's favorite is many people de- deem it unfair. It's got a lot of mm-hmm. blind tee shots. It's got a lot of mounds and, you know, you hit a perfect drive down the fairway and kicks in the rough there's just not been as much of that because it's been softer. They've had a pretty rainy summer. Uh, I think, you know, a lot depends on are those top guys, the three major champions, Usaizen, Morikawa, Spieth, are, do they break away today? You know, like if, does one of them go out and shoot 66 or 65 again and then put some space? If not, then I think we have a chance for like a really compelling final day because you've got, you know, Dustin Johnson's right there. Scotty Scheffler's right there. I mean, kept the mood up. Um, but, you know, when you've got somebody that's two ahead and, and you've, got the, you've got three guys that, uh, that, that are ahead of a bunch of other players, you know, all it takes is one of them to go low, and, and, and then it becomes difficult for, for everybody else. So I think today it's, it's important to see how this plays out. I mean, um, the scoring is not great today. It's, it's not as good as it was uh, you know, the first, uh, the first two days. I mean, there's some numbers. It's not overly difficult, but it looks like the pins are in some tough spots. The wind is, you know, still a factor, enough to make them sink. And you're just sort of hoping that the thing dries out a little bit more and gets even firmer as these leaders get onto the course. Yeah, and then they will be doing so uh, very shortly here, uh, Bob. And listen, we appreciate you jumping on. Uh, it'll be a, an interesting final two days there at, uh, at the British Open at Royal St. George's. Uh, we always appreciate your time for us here on the Scorecard. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. Be well, guys. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Really appreciate it. That is Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. They're 
longtime golf writer. Uh, Bob also a native of the area here, uh, Barrington, and uh, he was an Evan Scallard, Indiana. I always uh, like to bring that up. Uh, love the Evan Scallards yes. program, and uh, Bob uh, was a member of that uh, uh, Evan Scholars team there at Indiana. So yeah, Barry, it's uh, interesting times out there at uh, at uh, Royal St George's in Sandwich. Uh, we'll we'll talk more British Open. Uh, when we come back, we do need to take a time out. You are listening to The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine with Barry Cronin and Mike Esposito here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are back on the scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito, glad to be with you each and every Saturday morning here on the score. British Open week at Royal St. George's. It's time for us all, Barry, to just come together and enjoy yes. <laughs> the British Open. See what I did there? I knew you would exactly. like that. Exactly. Mike, it's like a, I like working with a radio professional. 
<laughs> well, we need to find one then, really in a, in a hurry. Before, before we... Uh, we are talking about the British Open this week. It's uh, Louis Oosthuizen so far, Barry, at 11 under. 64-65, not a bad way to start a tournament. He's got a two-shot lead on Colin Morikawa. And, and as we just heard from Bob Herrig, uh, although Rory McIlroy is is uh, making it seem that this is not the case, Bob saying that the scores today, the course playing a little bit more difficult uh, and the scores not as low. Rory at four under through 10 on the day, uh, but apparently the rest of the field uh, not uh, having as much success as Rory. So that, in theory, bodes well for the, the guys that are already way out front. Right, right, and they, they, they you know, they, uh, they can't make the course uh, super hard the first two days because they've got to get all these players through, mm-hmm. and uh, so once they, uh, once they make the cut, uh, top 65 and ties, um, now they can uh, turn the screws a little bit and uh, separate uh, who's playing well from who's just playing okay. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see, I think, uh, to see how Kepka does today, how Rom does, the guys that are down maybe six shots off the lead. You know, if they could shoot a Rory, what Rory's do, what Rory's doing today. And there's no right. reason to think that they can't. I mean, they're all playing better than Rory because <laughs> mm-hmm. they're ahead, way ahead of him in the standings. So it'd be interesting to see if anybody from that from that six under group, you know, when they're, or five or six under can, can get any closer to Louie and if he can maintain or extend that lead. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, you know, at the end of the, of today, we could, we could be looking at a two man race. Um, you know, it could, who knows, it could be Morikawa and Ustazen in the last, in the final group tomorrow, um, or Spieth could do something. So, uh, it's going to be a good tournament. Um, you know, and, uh, last week we had a, a winner in Lucas Glover at the John Deere who right. came from behind from four shots back. So, um, you know, things a lot can happen, and um, but it does seem like the weather there is going to still be pretty benign and uh, good scoring conditions. But uh, you know, the RNA they've been doing this for uh, this is the 149th uh, a version of the British Open, mm-hmm. uh, or as they like to say, or or as the branding people over there in uh, in the in the uh, the UK like to say, the Open Championship. Right. Um, so they've been doing it for a long time, and they know how to set up the golf course to. Uh, to separate the wheat from the chaff, and that's what they're going to do this weekend. I, I believe it was Phil on Twitter earlier this week, and I and I, I got a chuckle out of it. And he, of course, has missed the cut after going 80-72 in the first two rounds. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. talking about the the whole Open Championship versus the British Open thing, he says either is okay. He, he's he's not uh, he's not going to uh, get you for either way. He said, uh, you know, it's been called both by tournament officials, so. The British Open or the Open Championship, either is an acceptable way to, uh, to, to to talk about the tournament. Well, it is acceptable because I, I, I don't know where I saw it, but, you know, when you're watching TV, you see things. Sure. And uh, I remember there was this grainy black and white uh, uh, video of, a, uh, of, a, of the British Open trophy ceremony. And uh, a guy from the RNA who was presenting the trophy to somebody, I think maybe it was Bobby Jones or whoever it was, uh, called it the British Open. Mm-hmm. I mean, so so it uh, it, it's been the British Open for since it was the British Open. So uh, the U.S. Open was founded in 1896, which is uh, 36 years after the... Uh, after the British Open, so at one point, Mel, you have to distinguish one from the other. Probably that's why they call it the British Open, and that's why we call it the U.S. Open. So it's a good idea to 
tell people where you are in the world, I think. But, you know, I'm a, I'm old fashioned. What can I tell yeah. you? And, and and we are tr- we are trying not to to be uh, golf elitist. We we don't need to to get uh, uh, people upset <laughs> at us. So right, the British Open. I mean, come on, this is this is this makes it easy. Uh, British Open, U.S. And, Open, and, yeah. easy. And it's in, and it's interesting when you look in the newspaper, if you ever look at the newspaper. I do. Uh, in the agate section of the paper, and you look for the scores. At the top, it says British Open. And yep. so that's kind of the traditional name. So a number of years ago, uh, the folks in the UK at the RNA, whatever, decided to rebrand it as the Open Championship. And so uh, you know now there's a now there's the speech police on the Golf Channel and mm-hmm. some other places. And if you call it the British Open, you know they 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 uh, they spank you somehow verbally. Well, so well, they're going to continue. But they're not people. spanking us, Mike. They're no, not they're not. Us. They're just, we, you know, we get to call it whatever the hell we want. That's right. We gladly retain our, our freedom of speech, and uh, we are happy to do so. <laughs> uh, we will, <laughs> we will take a quick time out, Barry. When we come back, uh, we're excited to uh, talk to Mulby Dillard the fourth. He's a, a Hyde Park native, recent college graduate. Uh, he was the uh, uh, played at Florida A and M, the number one minority college golfer in the nation. He just turned pro. He's from Chicago. Uh, It's going to be a a great interview. We're going to talk to him next on The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on 670 The Score. And we are back on The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito. Last segment for us this week, British Open Week, British Rockers, I think we know who these guys are, and uh, we always uh, enjoy playing the music of the locale that the PGA Tour is at. This week's is easy. We, we could go 100 deep on, on British Rockers, Barry, but uh, Sean Anderson, God bless him, playing the hits for the kids. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. It's good. He's playing the classic rock. We're, uh, we're reaching back in time. That's right. So Which we is have, okay, uh, you know. It is. That's that's what old guys like us do, Barry. That's right. Uh, we reach back, uh, uh, um, and thankfully the young guys are out there playing and playing well uh, at the uh, Royal St. George's Golf Club in England. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen, Callan Morikawa, your your final pairing today. They tee off uh, about an hour uh, from now, hour and 20 minutes, whatever, uh, before they tee off. But quite a leaderboard. Uh, Louis, Callan Morikawa, Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Scotty Scheffler, Dylan Fratelli. Those are your top guys right now. All are seven under or better. And uh, guys are out there playing right now. We mentioned Rory. I think I might have jinxed Rory a little bit, uh, Barry, because he, <laughs> he then bogeyed 10. So he's uh, he's through 11. He's, he's three under for the day. Uh, but Rory has made a, a bit of a move. Uh, and I know you always want to know what Kevin Streelman is doing, as do our listeners, because he is from here. Uh, Kevin is two under for the tournament, one under for the day. Uh, he is through nine. So Kevin uh, tied for 32nd at the moment, uh, but playing well. You you definitely have, uh, as Bob Herrig told us, some some lower scores today. You have some guys like Bryson DeChambeau, who is plus two for the day. Uh, a lot of plus scores uh, on the, the bottom end of the scoreboard today, Barry. So... Uh, Kevin keeping himself in contention. Uh, we are now uh, thrilled to head on out, Barry, to the Circa Resort and Casino hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Uh, we join Mulby Dillard the Fourth, who joins us. Good morning, Mulby. 
Good morning. Good morning, Mulby. It's so great to have you. Um, you uh, graced the uh, the cover of uh, uh, Chicago District Golfer magazine there in June. A uh, wonderful picture and a beautiful story about uh, you and your family and, and how you got involved in golf and everything. Um, so it's terrific. And now, uh, next, we'll talk a little bit about that, but I, I wanted to hit on first. Uh, there's a uh, you're going to play in a tournament uh, at TPC Deer Run uh, next week in a couple of days actually uh, on the Advocates Professional Tour. So uh, tell us a little bit about that, uh, what that tour is, and uh, and and a little bit about the tournament. Yeah, so um, the Advocates it's um, it's pretty much a golf tour that was made for minorities to kind of have a better feeder system uh, for minorities to make their way to the PGA tour. So that's kind of like the biggest main goal of the tour. And so I've been playing on this tour since I was a freshman in college and um, you know, they've been nothing but great to me and kind of helped me um, build up some confidence uh, over the years and just have some good experiences with competing with professional golfers, um, you know, back when I was an amateur in college. And so they've been doing a really good job of helping trying to, to diversify the game and, um, you know, hope, hope them great success as we go on. And, and you played, I think, in this event last year. Uh, what do you uh, What do you anticipate to your run? How do you like the golf course? And uh, um, what are you doing to prepare? Yeah, so I played in this event last year, and the you know the course was set up great. Um, the scores last year were actually not, uh, you know, not super low, but the course was. <laughs> Of course, was in pretty demanding shape last year, and so I'd probably expect the same for this year. Um, and Deer Run, it's a it's a great track. You always got to make sure to keep your eyes open for everything. You know, can't can't let any any fall off happen mentally out there on that course. It's very demanding. So excited to get out there and play. Talking to Mulby Dillard the fourth, and, and Mulby, I had uh, given the. The listeners, your kind of your background. You're from Hyde Park. You went to Whitney Young and and recently played at Florida A and M. But uh, I was also reading too, and I know Jackson Park is is your home course. That uh, you do a lot of work with uh, with kids and with other people there at Jackson Park, uh, trying to give back. Yeah. So I um I started a uh, a golf academy called the Moby Dillard Golf Academy where. I was uh, kind of starting off working with kids, um, mostly kind of like my um, my mom's coworkers that were like having their kids trying to get into the game, and uh, just uh, I made this academy just to kind of give back. And so I started at Jackson Park where I started playing golf, um, and then kind of incorporated everything that people had done for me, kind of growing up and helping me uh, learn the game and different tips like that. I I took it upon myself to do the same to help out kids, you know, uh, that were younger than me, that are up and coming, trying to trying to get into the game of golf. Well, you know, Mulby, that's the thing. Uh, you know, I grew up in the city too, um, and it was, you know, we never had golf. I was I was on Northsider. There weren't there wasn't a Jackson Park. 
but but it's hard to be a, a golfer, grow up in the city and be a golfer. You know, we always played softball and basketball and football at the park, but uh, but golf is a is a different deal. How did you get into golf, and and how were you able to to stay in it for all these years? My dad actually uh, started me off with golf. And so when I was probably about two years old, um, he would take me to Jackson Park driving range and eventually just looking at him hit for so long, um, I kind of just followed what my dad was doing. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's my dad. Dad definitely started me out with the game. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been very good to me. You know, the one game that I played for the longest of my life, and so I owe a lot to golf. I don't know where I'd be without it. Yeah, and Mulby, I, I mentioned you, you just you had just turned pro after after graduating from Florida A and M. How has that been? I mean, you 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 go from high school. You were you were the top rated uh, minority golfer in the nation at Florida A and M. You come on out. You're playing in the Corn Ferry Tour now. It's it, it's kind of for real. Not not that it wasn't real before, but it's like you know, hey, this is this isn't college anymore. This is this is uh, the chance at the big time, right? So uh, I know the tour is the ultimate goal, the the PGA Tour. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the goal. It's kind of, it's kind of like a, a dream come true. You know, I've always dreamed of being a professional golfer ever since I was younger, and so obviously, like the kind of goals have changed now. Like I'm able to to call myself a professional golfer now, but the ultimate goal is to make it to the PGA Tour. So I'm doing everything in my power to to make that happen. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's a that's not an easy road. Um, how do, how are the purses out on the Advocates Professional Tour? Is it, it when you win? Do you do you make any? Uh, is it is it decent money, or how can you make this you yeah, know, keep this going? I think usually first prize um, for the Advocates is maybe about like eight thousand or about seventy five hundred, something around that, depending on how big the um, the field is, um, but they're the advocates is doing a good job. You know, they have about 13 tournaments a year, and um, but the goal is really just to play as many tournaments as possible and just trying to get comfortable with playing more golf, or just being in certain situations. I'm gonna find myself out there, um, on the course. Now, Mulby, I know you talked about uh, trying to give back and and uh, be an example. For other uh, young kids uh, trying to get in the game, uh, as an African American man and as as a, a guy who's now played college golf and now coming onto the PGA Tour, um, how do you view? And I know we talk a ton. We always talk a ton about Tiger and and the effect he has had on the game. I know there was a lot of talk, and you you were not even born yet when he was starting, but you know how the the impact Tiger would have on African Americans and and trying to get uh, more minorities to play the game of golf. Do you see that as happening? I mean, you're 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 living it now. You're you're a golf professional. You do you're giving back at Jackson Park. Uh, do you think that's something that that's going to happen? I do. I think um, you know. I think Tiger was kind of a, a big reason why a lot of African American boys now kind of got into golf. I know that's probably if you ask the majority of them, that's really you know like why they even picked up a golf club for the most part was because of Tiger. But I think now the game of golf is is becoming more, quote-unquote, cool. 
um, to people and people are kind of having an understanding of how difficult the game really is and 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 just taking a liking to it. I think after the pandemic, people had a lot of time and picked up the game of golf. And so I feel like that's going in the right direction. And again, just trying to have more opportunity for um, for African-Americans that are picking up the game. And um, it's, a, it's really all about opportunity because you know, anybody on any given day could do something incredible. And so just being able to put yourself in those, in those places to, to show out is, is the most important part about, about the process. Um, you know, obviously it's not easy to do all, to do what you're trying to do. Um, you know, as we see all the time, uh, guys on the corn Ferry tour and a lot of tours, it's just difficult, but it, it seems like one of the things that, uh, that, that, you know, the minority players have had a hard time with is getting sponsors and getting the money to get out on the tour. And I think that's what the PGA tour is doing with this advocates tour. Right. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, you remember players that I, I just remember Zach Johnson because I'm familiar, so familiar with him from the John Deere Classic. He had uh, businessmen from Cedar Rapids who basically staked him to go out and play these mini tours like the old Dakota Tour and the Hooters Tour, etc. So right now, it's the PGA Tour is really is kind of helping you guys do that now. Is that is that right? Yes. Yeah. I'll do the advocates. They, um, you know, they they kind of started out the advocates and so it was it was kind of their way of of having a better path for African Americans and so they've definitely done a great job um of making that happen and and as we've seen kind of over the past couple of months that that uh, you know those opportunities have been presented like Willie Mack was able to play in, in two PGA events not too long ago and Kamai was able to compete um, in those events, and those guys have played on the advocates for you know over five or six years, and so that's kind of the main thing um, that, that they're focused on, and I think that they've been doing a great job of it so far. They have Willie Mack made the cut both at the Rocket Mortgage and the John Deere Classic, and uh, yeah. and he received a sponsor exemption at the John Deere, and I think also at uh, in Detroit. So good for him, and it's it's always great when you're. When you give a sponsor exemption to somebody, you really want them to do well. And sometimes they, most of the time they don't, right? But sometimes they do. Uh, and and we were happy to see Willie Mack did the, did real well at the John Deere and also at uh, at the Rocket Mortgage. So that's uh, pretty cool. I mean, you know, maybe that'll be you someday. You never know. Yeah, that's the goal. Well, and Mulby, as we really appreciate your time this morning. As we let you go, I, I know you're just getting started, but. Uh, maybe your coolest, uh, kind of pinch me moment where you're like, all right, I'm actually doing this out there. Maybe it's a, a tournament you won or played in, or, uh, one of the pros that you always looked up to that you got to meet and talk to. Do you, do you have any of those? Uh, I know our listeners would enjoy hearing something like that. Yeah, I would say my pinch me moment was, um, I think I had two pinch me moments was probably, Right after my last putt at uh, NCAA regionals on the last day, I knew that we weren't gonna advance any further, and then it was kind of like a pinchy moment hitting that last putt and knowing that that my collegiate career had come to an end, and and that I was about to start a new chapter in my life, and um, that was a really big pinchy moment. It was kind of overwhelming at first, but then. 
Um, the next biggest pinching moment was when I was playing in the uh, Rex Hospital uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, the Corn Fair event that I got the sponsors exempt for for the um, the collegiate rankings through the APGA, and just kind of teeing it up on that first hole and knowing that it was kind of my professional debut and that I was able to do it at a corn fairy event was really like a dream come true. And so that was a very, very big uh, pension moment for me. And so I'm, I'm happy, happy that I was able to have those experiences and moving forward, you know, have definitely less stress going into those, uh, into those positions in the future. Sure. Well, and Mulby, I, I know uh, I speak for many of us. We'll be rooting for you. We'll be watching. You've got a, a nice uh, built-in Chicago fan base here of a lot of us uh, that will be rooting for you, Chicago native, uh, trying to make your way there on the tour. So best of luck and continued success to you. Oh, yes. Thank you so much for having me. You guys have a great rest of the day. Thank you, you Mulby. You too. Mulby Dillard the fourth, uh, Whitney Young grad now making his way on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, great story, and that was a great piece uh, that uh, was in the Chicago District Golfer magazine as well uh, a few months ago. So it uh, was Barry, written are... by written by the great Herb Gould. Yes, it was. I I really enjoyed it, and uh, we are out of time as the music tells us. Next week we could uh, wrap up the British Open and tell you if Louie was able to hold on. Barry, it's been great doing the show with you as always. Always terrific, Mike. We had a little adventures, uh, some technical adventures, but we wound up getting it done. So thank you very much for uh, 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 driving the ship. Driving the bus. We're we're trying to keep it on the road, and uh, we appreciate it, Barry. Uh, Thanks to our guests, Tristan Nolan. Uh, Thanks to Andy Michelson from Mistwood. Thanks to Bob Herrig. Uh, live from uh, Royal uh, St. George's in Sandwich, England. And thanks to Mulby Dillard, who we just talked to. Sean Anderson, thank you for producing. Most of all, thanks to everybody for listening each and every Saturday morning. I'm Mike Esposito. We'll talk to you next week here on The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on 670 The Score. Have a great day, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.